Welcome back, everyone, to Shot of Culture, Queer Tales over Kava and Tequila Sips. I'm your host, Pratiba, and I'm here with... Pilochi. What's going on, Pilochi? I'm ready to talk about part two of Gay Pride. Part two. Yes, part two of Pride. Hopefully you checked out our first episode where we were talking all the way through Saturday of Pride, San Francisco Pride. Um, I guess we'll get into Sunday of San Francisco Pride as well. In the last episode, I mentioned that my partner was the community grand marshal and just a little bit of background on what that is. Basically, it's just like someone who's doing good work in the community. There was more than one. There's, I think, uh, three or four of them. And, and they're a little different than the like celebrity. There was also the celebrity grand marshals. Did you see any of the celebrity grand marshals? Um, I tuned in for a little bit, like for the airtime that we got on the local channel. Right. I'm like we probably got like an hour. I'm yes. like, really? <laughs> you just try to shove gay pride in one month. You give yes. us one hour of airtime. But I did. Not to be bitter, but yeah, I, no. I did. Uh, it's so it's so funny because even the parade I felt like wasn't even covered. Like they only covered the first, I don't know, twenty. There was over two hundred contingents, and they covered yeah. maybe the first twenty. Yeah, and I mean, not even like covered. It was just like here's a corporate partner, and here's a corporate partner, and here's a corporate. Yes, well, I mean, we'll take some corporate dollars. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. So I couldn't sleep, definitely, you know, getting into the Sunday. And that was another reason why I left early from that party that we were all at together on Saturday. You know, it's just I couldn't sleep. There was so much going on, getting the kids ready. And we had to be at the kind of pre-parade area by like, I can't even remember, I think before 8 a.m. You know, and everything's closed down, right? So it's like getting there was half the battle too. Getting the kids ready. Getting yourself ready. Getting, yes. And so, you know, that was, uh, that was something, I mean, you know, my partner could have just done the parade on their own, but it was something that we really wanted to do was just like to highlight like a queer family, you know, because of all of this anti-trans and anti-LGBT legislation, or especially around kids and anti-drag, we wanted our family to be there, you know? And so getting the kids ready, they had, um, it was so, so fun, honestly. Like, they wanted sparkly everything. So we got them sparkly, sparkly, sparkly jackets from this, like, really small shop in Chicago. And then, of course, I always love Vans. Like, Vans always have the best. They do. <laughs> Pride and sparkle shoes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I got them the... A bunch of these like sparkly shoes. And so they were so excited. We got the pride tattoos. We had all of this like pride gear on. And we actually um, ended up making it there early just because like I couldn't sleep. I don't think they they were so excited. It was like kids on Christmas. I was like, happy pride, getting them up in the morning. They were like, happy pride, let's go. You know, yeah. it's like really exciting. Um, I think the only downfall to this day was that it was really cold. And yeah. The kids were cold, you know, and so we tried to layer them. I, I actually had gotten a few blankets that were like rainbow blankets and tried to like wrap them in. But um, gosh, we got out into the parade and, you know, we were in a car and the kids were kind of like we were sitting on the top of this convertible and then the kids were kind of by uh, sitting on the seats and like we were just holding them. The joy. I, I cannot even describe it. Yeah, I could see it in their faces. They yeah, were like ecstatic. Oh my god, the joy, the joy! Like I can't, you know. People talk about queer and trans joy. Like it was single handedly. Even though you know we've had kids, we've gotten married, we've done all these like really important things in life. This was such a highlight. It's like one of the biggest highlights that I've had in my life. Just seeing 
the joy of other people, the joy that we had, like everybody was celebrating. There were so many families that went to the parade. That was exciting. Like we were looking around and, you know, it's only eight blocks. So it actually went by really quick, this period of time of us like waving. and being longer. Yeah, it does. But it's not. It's not that long. And so many families. Um, it's such a unique experience that I think from here on out, like I can understand why people want to march in the parade because it's just the joy. I cannot describe it. Some people, I guess the marchers went one direction and the people in the cars went another direction. So it did get a little confusing because at the end, once we were done, um, and you didn't know you were done because it was like, it went by so quick. It felt like 10 minutes, right? It's like, oh, we started, we waited longer and then we go and then it's like, oh my gosh, it's done. And all of a sudden we were in, you know, traffic because all of these roads were closed down. We were in traffic in the middle of Van Ness. Mm-hmm. Unrestrained kids. We're sitting on the top of this like convertible. <laughs> all the things you wanted to do illegally. <laughs> yeah. Finally I'm like, wait a minute. What's going on? And so no seatbelts. <laughs> you know, seatbelts. Yeah. Hanging out, kids hanging out halfway up the car. Totally. It was so crazy. And I was like, oh. so I ended up going live on Instagram. I was like, we're just chilling here in the middle of San Francisco traffic. I, like had no idea where, you know, just that part of it felt very like discombobulated. Yeah. So it didn't end the way that we wanted it to because you think like you, it's kind of, um, I don't know, going to be like the safe thing going through the, and there's not going to be any cars. And all of a sudden you're like unrestrained with your kids yeah. and you hanging out of a convertible in the middle of San Francisco rush hour traffic. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. And it didn't end there because you got to attend a sort of a little pride parade after party. Yeah. So, so what was hard is like this year, I don't know you, you went to the festival this year too, right? I did. I popped in for a couple of hours um, just because now it, like the amount of people that show up every year to pride, I feel like it's exponentially <sighs> grown larger and larger. Yeah. So they dropped us off on the side of like behind city hall and it was completely barricaded. So it was hard to get into pride this year. Pride yeah. has been free, but usually you can just kind of walk in, you yeah. know, it was hard to get in. And I think because obviously like when you start to think about like all of the threats that our community is facing, like they Shootings, had security. Years, yeah, yeah. It was sec- like, I felt secure, but we couldn't even get in. So we, they drop us off behind city hall. We're part of the parade contingent. All of the other grand marshals come through, right? Like really well-known people. And we can't get into pride. Like we're like, how do we, how do we get in? We can't <laughs> You're get a in. high grand marshal. <laughs> Big metal hanging from yeah. the chest, like you know, celebrity yeah. status, yeah. Uh, yes. rapper chain, <laughs> and the security is like, we can't let you in. Sorry, like you got to go all the way around to this other spot, you yeah. know. And we have like, you know, we had drag queen story hour. That was another grand marshal. They were the organization, and they're in like dressed up, like they can't walk for blocks. Yeah, <laughs> you know, to the entrance. Yeah. Like there's only there especially was only, like, two in entrances. those like stilettos yes! and platforms. Yeah, so we ended up finding somebody that we knew who could let us in. You know, okay. who was already on the inside was part of like the pride um, team, that official pride team. And so then we, um, you know, were, went to main stage and did all of that stuff. But there was a VIP party as well in the Asian Art Museum that was thrown. I guess it's every year. I'm not sure if it's like in the Asian art museum, but it's also, it could be also in city hall. I think it might've been in city hall in years previous. We ended up meeting up with a friend, which this is the funniest story. I love this story so much. So the kids get into pride. We're hanging out. We're having a really great time, but it's overwhelming. Like half a million people went to the parade and then even more people were in the festival part of this, you know, San Francisco Mm -hmm. pride. And so it just became like a pretty overwhelming day. And, 
it was great because we called up one of our friends and she was like, hey, do you guys need help? And we're like, yeah, you know, do you think you could take the kids? This is this is what happens with like chosen family. Like, yeah, on the spur of a moment. Like, do you think you could take the kids? We're over by the Latin stage. Can you come get them in a like lift? Oh, yeah, no problem. Be there in 10 minutes, you know? Awesome. And it was so great because the kids got to go and hang out with her and her family. She knew exactly where we were. She's like, Latin stage, no problem. Because, like, all the stages are kind of similar to what we... Yeah, Yeah. every year, you know? Knew exactly where we were. Picked up the kids. And so then we were able to kind of go to the after party, this VIP party. And, you know, I had never experienced Pride in the Asian Art Museum. And Mm -hmm. it was really, really beautiful. And uh, who were the attendees that were there? Other the other grand marshals, a lot of the people who worked on the team of SF Pride, anybody anybody could go in. Honestly, so any like uh, supervisors in San Francisco or mayor? No, I didn't see any of them. Um, I saw them kind of more at the galas and fundraisers prior to, but I didn't see them actually at this particular event. Anybody can go though. You can buy purchase tickets. So mm-hmm. we did actually have some friends who we met up with had uh, purchased tickets, and so we ended up hanging out with them, and mm-hmm. then. Just kind of like also everybody in the community who had been working hard to get pride together. We ended up seeing those folks there, too. So just a nice culmination of events, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But then we ducked out and, you know, got back. Yeah, I probably spent, I'd say, like a couple of hours, um, you know, I... God, here, here I go again with the restroom. <laughs> I'm like, and this is, this is the bad part. It's like you come in and you're yeah. like, yeah, let me get a little drinky drink. Yes. You know, you go uh, line up and they have beer and like, yeah. I think you could also get like seltzers now. And But these beers are like not 40 ounce, but they're like 24 <laughs> ounces. And so it's like great because it's accessibility, yeah. you know, you want to enjoy yourself. Yes drink a little bit but then it's like you're faced with a dilemma of i gotta go pee yeah. i gotta let all this liquid out now yes and i kid you not like i spent a good 30 plus minutes in line to no use way. a porta potty and there was probably on that one little one street in front of the land stage there was yeah. probably like a good i don't know 20 porta potties but the yes. lines were like 20 plus people deep for each one so yeah there's people like pleading to get to the front of the line and i'm like bro yeah like you got a penis figure it out like (laughs) we don't have that luxury (laughs) so i I stood in line and finally i was like oh thank god so i spent part of my time there Uh, but then you know the music came on and there was like a mariah carey like tribute uh, concert but it was like a drag you know dresses mariah and and that was fun because you heard the songs and then they played of course our like fun club hits yeah Uh, so i had a good time and then uh the wind you know the weather i feel like this happens every year it's like you don't know how to prepare to go to pride because you're like Mm. it looks like the sun is poking out right but then it's like so like you go there with a jacket and then yes. like halfway you're like baking in your jacket. So you got to take, take the clothes off, which I now I understand the pasties. Yeah. Like, maybe I should have done that. Yeah, maybe. But um, finally, and then all of a sudden it starts to get cool again. So then you're like putting clothes back on. So yes. I, I don't yes. know. my mis- The mystery to me is like the people that go in there in like their underwear or like no clothes. I'm yeah. like, where do you store your clothes <laughs> while you're at the pride parade? <laughs> And while, like, you're at at Civic Center. I mean, it's, like, thousands of people. So we hung out for a bit. Um, you know, yeah. it was nice to see all the smiles. Um, you, the different generations yeah. that were there. It was really incredible. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, cis, 
lots of straight people, a lot of allies. Yes. That made me feel great to see yeah. a lot of allies yeah. um, that were there present, supporting, yeah. um, you know, and then it's like, you get anything and everything. Like mm-hmm. I said, there was like leather people in like chaps and yeah, you know, the daddies, yes. the drag queens, uh, the butch daddies. Yes. Um, it's like, it, it's great. You get everything. I just, when I started looking around, I'm like, man, we're probably crushing like at least 500,000 people. Yeah. Well, they were saying, like, I was watching the news kind of later that that was the, you know, BART, our public transportation system mm-hmm. here in the Bay Area. It's not great by any means, like, compared to, like, New York subway or anything like that. But, yeah. it, you know, that's what kind of connects our counties for the most part. Yeah. Um, and it was the largest uh, day of ridership since before the pandemic. And they had been suffering, yeah. you know. so They have been suffering. Yeah. 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 So the amount of, you know, people that came into the city – that day and spent money and celebrated. I mean, I was so glad to hear how many people came through. It did make gridlock because like we ended up taking like ride sharing Mm -hmm. to try to get from place to place. We didn't actually spend any time at the festival itself because we had this like party in the Asian art museum, which I would recommend anybody can go. You pay the money, right? Mm -hmm. But guess what? You get restrooms. Yeah. (laughs) Noted. (laughs) And if it goes to charity, yeah, even better. Like I feel like, yeah, there's a joy yeah. in that. So, yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, I hung out for a couple hours. Uh, I also took public transportation. Um, I didn't do BART. I yeah. did uh, Muni because I cruised over from uh, West Portal that day. I was at a friend's house. Yeah. We went down. It was convenient. I like the underground Muni because it feels nice and cleaner, or at least yeah. visibly cleaner. Um, and then we decided to go pop back into the Castro. Easy. Grab Perfect. a burrito or grab Perfect. something to eat. Um, headed to the cafe. Um, it was nice because it wasn't jam-packed when we got there. Yeah. Um, but soon it started to like, you know, people started to like just cruise in, I guess, you know, the after party. Yeah. Uh, which was nice. And, you know, there's, of course, a little cute, like, 21-year-old, you know, guys walking around shirtless. Yeah. Serving, the shots of blowjobs. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we'll, we'll take four of those. Thank yeah. you. Um, so we had our, our blowjob. Yeah. That's a good shot. I like that shot. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's it was, it was adequate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we had our blowjobs yeah. and we had our, you know, cocktails in the bathrooms, like accessibility and yeah. had a good time. And the music was like very reminiscent of like nineties gay music. And I was like, Perfect. yeah. And then they played some modern stuff and um, it started to get really full. Um, but it was a good time. Um, you know, I think it was like enough for me. I got my fix. Yeah. I got to be around my community. I had my friends who are straight, but they're allies in the community. That's they great. wore their pride, you know, it. flags. Like it was, it was amazing. Uh, I had a great yeah. time. I woke up the next day, no headache, which <laughs> as best. an adult is like yeah. golden. Like if you wake up yeah, and you can operate, like it's perfect. Um, you know, I wish I would have taken the day off like yeah. for work just to, yes, you know, kind of, sit in the energy that I was mm-hmm. feeling. And so I felt like the past week was like recovery coming from the high of like, yes, you know, the, the entire month really. Absolutely. I mean, I didn't take the Monday off either. And I remember just like waking up and, um, I had an 8am meeting, you know, the next Monday and just being like in a daze, like still being able to pay attention, but there was such a high. Yeah. 
you know, like for yeah. days, like there was such a high until, of course, the low came. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of in a, a roller coaster of a, you know, emotional for like a lot yes. of people in the commu- in the queer community um, with, you know, the Supreme Court, the United yes. States, just like, dude, let yeah. us enjoy our high. Seriously. Like, for real. For real. Yeah, they, that was really, that's kind of when the low came is like those decisions, like the first one being the affirmative action one. And then I remember waking up really early the next day because I was again, like anxious, like wanting to know what was going to happen with student loans. Um, and also, you know, the LGBT, uh, website, that whole one as well. And just bad news after bad news. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I couldn't even really process the high because it was like what Monday and Tuesday maybe of like. Yeah. Being able to process the high and then Wednesday of like full on, we're rolling back all of your rights. Yeah. Yeah. I think with the, I mean, the one of the rulings, right, was on the admission side. And granted, like it, it doesn't, it's not like directly impacting because I'm not in school. Yeah. But when you go back and look at like what your university was or like the time that you spent in college, like it's kind of like being in corporate now. Like it yeah. looked... All the people that were, you know, alongside you look a certain way. Yes. And there wasn't enough representation of like, you know, minorities, people of color. Um, so it was disappointing to, you know, this affirmative action, you know, gets basically like thrown out. So the, I think what's frustrating really is what, what pisses me off is like, okay, you, you're taking this away so we're, we're regressing we're going backwards you're going to see less representation yep and granted i understand that you know we should also look at folks test scores and things of that sort but at the same time um you know if you want to make it an even playing field like what about legacy college admissions or people that have money absolutely and are able to buy their way a spot even though their child may not be like a top performer in school like how is that make it even? So I feel like it was directly targeted, uh, you know, towards a certain group of people. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely targeted towards the black and brown community. Now, well, you know, I have so many thoughts on affirmative action. One, you know, I uh, went to the number one public university in the nation, Cal, uh, UC Berkeley, right, for undergrad. And um, California didn't have, I think they rolled back affirmative action in 96. And it was a big talking point because I started school in 97, actually, yeah. right? But regardless of affirmative action, for me, I'm a, I was a recruited athlete, right? I got a scholarship to go to UC Berkeley. Yeah. And I was the first person in my family to go to school. My parents, um, you know, don't have very, like, high education at all. I think my dad has like grade school education because he had to drop out and support his family. My mom, I think has a high school diploma. Like I remember up, up until like the second grade, like they couldn't help me with homework or any of that stuff. Right. And they did help me of course with my sport. And that helped a lot in terms of me getting into Cal, but that's also affirmative action, right? Like that being a recruited athlete, like I didn't have the test scores. I didn't have everything in line to be able to go to UC Berkeley. What got me in? I could play golf. Yeah. You know, and affirmative action, you know, it, it, you should look at the holistic package, like standardized tests. When I took the SAT, Mm -hmm. I had no idea what I was reading. Like English is not my first language. Same. And 
you know, these people who have generational wealth and have went to Berkeley and all of these other schools that are wonderful schools, like they have people who can help them with their homework. My parents couldn't help me with my homework. I didn't know some of the words, these big words that were being used on standardized tests. Like, I don't think it's a fair process by any means. And then the money aspect, right? I I actually did go to graduate school as well. And I went to an Ivy League school, Uh, went to Columbia. I am in heaps of student loan debt heaps like this is the reason that I can't afford to buy a house comfortably right like I'm in heaps of student loan debt did it help me in my career absolutely as a woman of color I had to have the education that I have and still people look at me like I am a second-class citizen even when they're they're surprised right they're like you went to Cal and you went to Columbia it's like why are you surprised because I'm a brown woman is that why you're surprised that I'm intellectual and educated and yeah I'm paying for it I have all of the student loan debt that's never gonna yeah. go away which leads us to the <laughs> to the second ruling right yeah. around uh debt cancellation and it's like we're yeah. fucked right we're already yeah. we're already at a, at a disadvantage um you know we're born into disadvantage um in a lot of ways uh just absolutely i mean I, I got a pell grant right like that's the other thing is like yeah. i did get a scholarship that paid for tuition and books and all this stuff my parents could not give me the money to have food in college so I had to get a Pell Grant right and that's what the student loan debt was like anybody who received a Pell Grant would not would get you know um what was it like 10 to 20 thousand off I'm six figures deep in student loan debt all right so this was going to be a fraction Mm -hmm. of what I owe I'm going to be paying student loans forever yeah forever forever (laughs) uh jeez but I mean I'm like this is how they keep us from economically moving forward they tell you that you have to get these degrees right like th- that's what i believe that i had to get all oh yeah these degrees yeah you're at a point where you're like okay you're graduating from high school and at the time i remember like graduating in you know 96 and it was like it kind of felt like it was frowned upon if you decided to do like a like a trade school yes forcing you almost it feels like yes absolutely in order to be like successful in this lifetime college is a must yes a you you get there then you're like walking around with this debt you've completed yay yes but now you're at a disadvantage again because yep not only do you have to find the money to be able to especially in the bay area like live figure that out yep and then the debt that you're carrying it's like then you got to pay for that as well and it's like that's not to mention like your rent yeah your car you know your car payments yeah you're just being able to survive, like food basics. Well, I mean, that's the reason I took out loans, right? It wasn't necessarily tuition. It was for grad school. I did take out loans for tuition, but it was to live. Like I was living in Berkeley and I was living in New York City. Those were the two places that I went to school. These are not cheap places, yeah. right? To get this like stellar education. And I had, I already told you, like uh, my parents didn't have any money to literally give me for food. So yeah. I had to afford everything through loans, Right. Yeah. That was what why I took out the loans. And then the interest came in at like five or six percent of these loans. And now, you know, I'm paying way more than what I originally took out because the interest just continued to accrue. It's not like, you know, people have these loans because they were being irresponsible. Yeah. We did it because we're told that that's a responsible thing to do is to continue to further your education so that you can be successful. But then you're carrying this yeah. stressful weight. So that was a bummer. Um, I think the other ruling this week was, you know, the 
just the Supreme Court siding with the Christian wedding website designer. Which yeah. I'm like, girl, bye. Yeah. Like, we don't need your website. I'm like, we have plenty of talented people. Yes. Um, in a lot of like the big. Like the know, queers aren't creative. Come on. Oh, yeah. Magical, (laughs) high rainbows, butterflies, sparkles. We don't need your website. But it does set this precedent, right, that based off religious freedom or Christian values or whatever, you can discriminate against LGBT people and maybe even more people, Mm -hmm. right? If they want to, they can discriminate against who they want to, citing religious freedom. Right. So I think it starts small, but people don't understand the impact. Like, we already have to struggle, you know, like I said, when we have to travel to other states for business or whatever the case may be, like you already feel different and you feel like you don't belong and you get the looks, stares. Um, In some cases you've caught people talking about your sexual preference. Yeah. Um, So it's like having to deal with this just feels like another blow. And I'm confident though that we're, this is not the end. Like our people are going to keep fighting for what's right. Um, the new generation is really progressive. Mm-hmm. And yes, a lot of it has to do how you're raised, but there's a level of empathy and like, su- like support that I've seen this shift. And, and that, I think that's promising. So the fight's not over, mm-hmm. but I don't know, you know, I don't know if I share your opinion about the youth yet. Like I want to, I want to be hopeful that the next generation is coming through and they're going to be progressive, but there's also like, you know, these groups that are out there that are mm-hmm. extremist hate groups. There's this one group, I think, um, moms for Liberty or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they're like anti-inclusive education, anti-critical race theory, oh yeah, anti LGBTQ plus rights. And this is what's happening. I think like we've talked about, we're in this bubble in San Francisco. It might mm-hmm. be happening here, but yeah. this is what is happening across the country. And so mm-hmm. those, you know, kids that are being raised by these people in this mom group mm-hmm. are being impacted, right? Like all of the ways in which, um, I actually just this week had this Facebook, you know, I hate when I get into a Facebook fight, but I did get into a Facebook fight <laughs> with this mom in San Francisco who's talking about how like, you know, if your kid comes out of trans, just continue to tell them that they're not trans and then they will magically not be trans anymore. Oh, because they think it's a learned behavior yes. or a phase, a phase, or they're being influenced at school and they're, they're going to grow out of those feelings. That is such harmful rhetoric to trans youth and should not in no way, shape or form be discussed on a public Facebook forum. She never contacted any medical professional. She never asked for medical advice. She never um, got anybody in, social worker, anybody. You don't know the outcome. What if this kid grows up? Then what happens? Mm -hmm. And that's San Francisco. So I can only imagine what's happening, you know, across the country. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm scared. Yeah. I want to be optimistic. But, yeah. Uh, sometimes it feels like we're going backwards. It, it, we are. We are. And we need our allies more so than ever right now to really give us equal rights because we do not have equal rights. And this is a country that was based on equal rights or that was kind of the promise to us, mm-hmm. you know, we we are do not have them at yeah. this moment. Yeah, and you know, I it's funny because I kept seeing Clarence Thomas's face, oh, and I'm like, bro, be for the Ugh. people, dude. And uh, <sighs> he makes me angry. It's he like is. he's 
I read uh, somebody had quoted, um, I saw this posting on Instagram, and they said, you know, the very ladder that he ascended Mm. up to his career, affirmative action, is the same ladder that he literally burned down. Yeah. We'll see. Hang Mm. tight. Yeah. So, I mean, the fight's not over. Um, I'm grateful for an amazing Pride uh, celebration, Pride Month. And for us, it's not just, you know, a month. It's how we live every day. Absolutely. 365 days of the year. Well, folks, that's your shot of culture for today. We're going to see you on our next episode. Let us know what you think.